Oh, shit! Born with a heart full of neutrality. Their currency is blood. I hear music. Their music human screams. That's how I receive it, too. What makes a man turn neutral? I taped over my Luther Vandross mix. My goodness, what singing group is that? Edible music. I tried to taste it. But it did not work. The gangbang? Just close your eyes, wave your hands side to side, and you'll be just fine. Trust me, you'll fit right in. Heyo, this is Ducky here to welcome you to Genre Neutral, the only podcast dedicated to prospecting gems from the vast and mystical frontier we call music. From Brooklyn bass to Afro-punk, we absorb sound and reverberate only the dopest. Back to you, the listener. What up? What's up? How's it going, Corey? Going good, man. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Nice to uh, nice to see you. Shit, it's been years. It, it has been years. It's been a fucking hot minute. Hot minute. Hot minute indeed. Hot, a hot minute. Yeah. Do you remember the last time I saw you? I'm sure I was picking up shirts. <laughs> I'm pretty uh, sure. I'm pretty sure it was when I posed with fucking Obama. No. Do you remember when you did that show in Pasadena? Oh, was that it? Yeah. And I showed up and ran your merch booth. Oh, Wild yeah. Card was played. <laughs> oh shit! I yeah, could, I, man, that that night's honestly pretty blurry. <laughs> yeah, that, that's for both of us. Yeah, <laughs> I got mad faded. It was inappropriate, actually. That was an interesting. Uh, that was an interesting time. Yes, I'm glad to hear you were just as inappropriate as me during that show. Yeah, I. I was, for sure. That was my first time having In-N-Out. Ooh, lucky you. Did you uh, get Animal Style? Uh, I don't think I did Animal Style the first time just because onions aren't my favorite thing in the world. Oh, all right. But uh, I've had it since then. It's pretty good. I I prefer it without it, but that's just me. We have a spot that's like maybe a few miles from here, from my house, and it's like an In-N-Out mock it's called out and about out and about but it's just one little spot (laughs) yeah but it's just one little spot and it's like a food truck that just posted up in a parking in a u-haul parking lot and doesn't ever move and they get lines around the fucking around the parking lot and um i i would argue that it's better hey i mean just their name alone is better (laughs) already already Well, yes, this is my uh, brother here, Anton. We call him Funky Man. What's up, Funky yeah. Man? Hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. Well, I noticed in the last year during this pandemic, you've uh, been collaborating with a lot of interesting people. Yeah, like Ugly Mac and Aaron. Yes, you know, and, two, yes. two French artists. Yeah. Yes, I guess it was the French that uh, caught my attention. The French guy, Aaron. Is that how you say his name? I'm pretty sure it's just a rom, but I could be I could A-Rom. be wrong. You know, I like I to think make things I, fancy. Yeah, if it's making it I all just, fancy. I just call him a rom. <laughs> he hasn't corrected me, and I've said yeah. his name in many songs at this point. So, okay. if I was saying it wrong, I would hope he'd say, "Hey, just so you know, it's a rom yeah. or whatever." Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> just well, let I'll, me know, I'll, bro. I'll do that when I get to talk to him. Hopefully. Yeah, I'll for sure. Do you speak man, French? What? You don't. You don't. Do you speak French? I mean, it's been years since I speak French, but... I was just curious, because it, it, uh, I was kind of curious how, how you even started listening to French hip-hop. Oh, I know how I started listening to French music. It was 
it was well mc solar for sure i'd say that was my first introduction to french music but what got me into european music in general was charlie tuna and roots maneuver they did a shit ton of stuff together and so i was charlie like, tuna's shit. fire yeah i was like holy shit europe's got some good music so roots maneuver started to branch me off into a bunch of whole different french avenues sniper bob uh i don't know there's some good there's oh yeah good oxmo shit. pacino oxmo pacino's yeah. great uh, supreme ntm but these are all old school shit yeah, yeah that's, myself. That's kind of how I found all that yeah. shit is through, yeah, European veins. And you even be good to to recap with Prince Paul one of these days because you said you guys were hit hard on that European. Shit oh yeah. So in high school, I learned French, and the, introduced us to MC Solar to get us like into French, and mm-hmm. it, it worked on me immediately. Then I went off to Boston to college, and I found this record store that would order you any. CD or vinyl you wanted from anywhere. And so I would just go there once or twice a week and just order hella French hip hop. And me and my friend Prince Paul would just go home and jam out on it. I used to have a G bag back in the day too. So I would just walk the streets bumping French hip hop. Everyone looked nice. at me like I was crazy. But it worked. <laughs> One benefit of MC Solar, I've dropped the name multiple times with French women and it definitely makes them excited. They're like, oh shit, you know MC Solar? And it's like, hell yeah. <laughs> Go back to my place and put on an album. Yeah. Whatever gets you in the door. Yeah. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> how did you How did you meet? Arom or Arom? Sorry, Arom. Be all fancy. Don't listen to me. How A-Rom. did you How did you get in contact with Arom for first? Uh, Arom contacted me because I had uh, I had um, breakthrough out with Chris Calico, and he was a straight He was a strange music fan, so somehow he heard breakthrough with big Chris Calico on it and reached out to me to do a song for his group's project. He was in a group called La Spiral. That's dope. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll do a song with you guys. That's cool. I've never been reached out to by anybody else. And then the song came, you know, I sent them my verse and then they sent me the song back and like, I have no idea what they're saying, but you could tell like a spitter knows when a spitter is spit. It doesn't matter if I know what you're saying. I know you, I know you're flowing. So like, I was I I enjoyed it, um, and then we just stayed in touch. When he started he started producing more than rapping a few years back, and hit me up to listen to some of his beats. And I was like, Yo, I would li- I would literally do a song to every single one of these beats on this, or on this uh, in this file. And he was like, Want to? Said, yes. <laughs> so you know, took a little longer than what we had anticipated. We were like, We can get this done easy. And then I was learning how to record myself same time so it took a lot longer than what i had wanted it to you're like learning on the fly yeah learning on the fly well that and you know i've been in a i've been a studio artist for so long like i go to studio somebody's recording me somebody's pushing buttons and i can just dictate ideas and they just handle that now it's i've got all the same ideas but i have to know i have to figure out how to do it myself you know what i mean so like i'm still trying to record like i was recording when i was recording with professional engineers so you're having to kind of fill that information gap yourself. Yeah, it's a lot of like back and forth to YouTube. Like, how do I do this? Yeah. You know, and YouTube's a fucking godsend to anybody learning how to do literally anything. Um, I'm very YouTube taught. Nice. I wouldn't even have thought of that, that whole production. You being used to being in a studio and now having to like learn right. on your own to make the same quality. Yeah, and I'll, I'll let me be clear. It is not the same quality. <laughs> it is, it's it's a couple notches down, 
I'm yeah. just I just don't care anymore. Like that part, yeah, I'm not I'm not concerned. With. Yeah. Right. I yeah. Uh, that part I'm not concerned with. Making sure that the music sounds like music Corey Corey would make or Pet would make. Like th- yeah. it needs to still be of that quality. You're used to hearing me write certain kinds of songs and and uh, you know, produce certain kinds of songs. If I just suddenly went back to like extreme basics, just because I don't have the skill set yet to do what I was doing, that wasn't really an option for me. I'll just speed up the skill set, yeah. <laughs> like just get better quicker. Totally. And there's so many good, there's so many good resources for learning how to do studio production and and engineering on YouTube. It's it's so ridiculous. One of my favorite uh, series on YouTube is a producer, Mr. Green, and he'll go out into the street and just record live samples of cars and random people talking and then outside just make a beat with it. And it's like, fuck, that's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about people. I've heard of people doing shit like that. It's funny. It's, it's funny you brought up uh, not even understanding French music, but still just loving the flow or whatever. I mean, I was just mm-hmm. going through some of my most listened to Spotify playlists and just Young Thug pops up consistently. I'm a huge Young Thug fan. I don't mm-hmm. know what the fuck he's saying a lot of the time, but the way he uses his voice, yeah. almost like an instrument. It's like, I don't really care what you're saying. It sounds so dope. You're just kind of saying yeah. just sound that just together with the, the beat and everything, it just comes together. It's like, oh, dude, this is well, it 100% is an instrument. You know what I mean? And depending on the kind of style you have and depending on the kind of voice it is, different instruments. Yeah. You know, there's, I mean, and that's what uh, I take from French music, too, is like, man, I don't know what the fuck you're saying, but man, it's fucking hitting hard. And they must yeah. be. They could be talking about going to the park and having a strawberry yeah. waffle or something. I don't know what the fuck. Right, a crepe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> syllables are universal. You know what I mean? Like, you nice. can hear you can hear the pattern of syllables. It's, it's like listening to... It's like listening to a fucking heavy metal drummer who just goes like hitting everything all at once or listening to a classic rock drummer who's more subdued and there's a more of a rhythm. That's like, it's the same kind of thing when you're talking about different rappers and why you like those rappers. I like 50 Cent. He's not the most lyrical, but his voice hits a certain way. You know what I mean? I think that the United States still locks down fucking hip-hop yeah yeah it's, it, I, don't, I don't think that it's better anywhere else than it is here i think it's more versatile here or at least it's what it's what from what i know i don't listen to a ton of international hip-hop it's not it's something's got to basically be presented to me like check this out and then i've got to really like it for me to like keep coming back to it so speaking on hip-hop and in america how are you feeling about the state of hip-hop in seattle right now uh are you seeing a lot of up-and-coming artists is there anyone that's just blowing your mind mm-hmm. um yeah uh, i think i think seattle hip-hop is in a better place than it's uh ever been nice All i right. think that there that's are yeah i think that there are a lot of uh younger artists who have soaked up everything that kind of like my era and i'm not saying me but <laughs> cats in my era um have kind of laid foundation you know what i mean like i feel like i was involved in seattle hip-hop during a time when we were starting to get some at least some like attention from other artists around around the country maybe not like blowing up fan wise but 
Seattle was starting to get recognized as being a place where there are good rappers at. And that was a lot of work that, uh, you know, people like the Sport and Life teams and Don Death, um, cats that were, you know, doing shit at that point. That's the groundwork that they made. And, and, from, and even from artists before them who they picked up groundwork. So I think it's just a building thing. Um, and there's cats in Seattle right now that are making the kind of music that is... Now we're at a point where we're different. Oh. Now we're at a now we're at a point where Seattle hip hop has evolved from just being um, imitation to being innovation. You know what I mean? Um, not that anybody's imitating, just that you know we're just doing hip hop for a long time. There's some people that'll come in and out doing something different. Macklemore blew up because he was doing something different. He, you know what I mean? Like love him or hate him, whatever you want to say about him. Um, he was doing, he was doing some, but he's doing something very different. You know what I'm saying? Um, from what other rappers were doing at the time. That's why it popped. That's why people gravitated to it. Um, now there's, there's, now there's other cats that are coming up and doing the same kind of stuff. They're not, not the same kind of stuff. But they're doing, they're changing it to fit their personalities. There's a dude named Nobi, N-O-B-I. He is, um, He's the number, my number one recommended out of Seattle at the moment. He's a younger dude. Um, he's second generation uh, Northwest hip hop. His father is Shao Sosa. He runs Razor Tongue Media. Um, great dude, friend of mine. Uh, but it's, it's but his son is one of the best one of the best rappers I've ever heard come out of Seattle. Uh, freestyles like a fucking animal, and he just writes thought-provoking, intelligent, well-written shit. He's incredibly good. Um, Macintosh just signed a seven-figure deal yes. with uh, Blockstar with, with Blockstar and Universal. Uh, and he he does trap shit, but he does trap shit different. He's got his own fucking style. He's definitely unique. Um, his, his vocal inflections are... I, the only person I know how I, I could I can think to compare him to off the top of my head is like like Nicki Minaj, like the way that she can go into different characters with her voice. He does the same kind of shit. Like he's got this real kind of high pitched, uh, like chill, calm demeanor, and then he can go from that into kind of this raspy, deep, fucking body bag lyric shit. Uh, he's got great flow. His beats are always intense, and he's he does the best videos. That I've yes. that I've seen anybody do for me. His videos are fucking insanely good. Yeah. Who, who is this person? Macintosh. Yeah. Macintosh. M A C N T A J. Yeah, um, I was checking out his video. Oh, I was checking out his yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was like a, it was like a, it was like a story. He's like going yeah. through like this scenario, and it was it was very fun, playful, and like uh -huh. yes, I was gonna say his vocal inflections like kept the story going, kept my interest. And yeah. yeah, he's having a blast, and yeah, he definitely deserves the attention. You see his video for Hood Burger? No, I did not see that one. I gotta Actually, see that one next. There's this whole there's this whole controversy behind it about whether or not Tory Lane stole the idea for a video of his own that came out shortly after uh, Macintosh's video did. Um, the video for Boink Boink apparently is similar. In I've watched them both. I think there's enough differences. I'm not getting into the debate. 
I'm not gonna say whether he copied him or not. I don't fucking know. Yeah. It, they, he could just had have had a similar idea. It's not like Good Birders, not a known movie that could be mocked and mimicked. But there are similarities close enough that are like, eh, maybe. Yeah. So the Tory Lanez one that we should be looking out for is a, is a similar. Yeah. The Tory Lanez one is similar to Macintosh. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Max was first. We'll, we'll do it. We'll have to do a deep dive on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Max Max is better. Max is better, and the song is better. I would I would say Max over Tory. Him and Noby are probably the two that I would recommend the most outside of like you know obviously you know yeah. obvious. Uh, I think Gifted Gab is dope. Um, her her collaborations with Blinds Brixton have been really good. Um, oh, with Blinds, yeah, that was that was yeah. really good. Oh yeah, you saw those? The Gabs and Blinds bag. Yeah, they're they're in their bag. Um, yeah, no, that Gifted Gab is a, is an incredible. I mean, my only problem is her name, honestly. I mean, it's a bummer just because she has, I don't know. What do you, how do you feel about that? That there's another gift her, of Gab. Oh, well, there's a gift of Gab, yeah. and there's a gifted Gab. Gifted to be Gab. fair, her name her name was Gift of Gab before yeah, she changed it like to Gifted uh, Gab. Yeah. Her, oh, name, wow. her name is Gabby, so I'm given the pass. Okay, okay. Uh, that's what I was wondering. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her name, her name, her I name think, is. Jeff. I think she is an amazing rapper, and literally, that's my only—not like beef, but that's like, man, I'm like, I love gift of gab, so I'm always like, Ugh, it's hard for me to give. I love gift of gab too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I... But her name's Gabby. All right, I'll, I'll yeah. give it a pass. Can I just call her gifted Gabby? Oh. Then? You could call her a gift of Gabby, gifted yeah. Gabby. I mean, she might okay. punch you, but I'm not. I can't do that. I'm I'm positive she will sock him up. One hundred percent sure of it. Don't doubt that. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of anybody else off really off the top of my. I mean, I'm sure that. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I can. <laughs> Chris. I was Kemp. gonna say you're like the Chris. Chris Kemp. There we go. Yes. Chris and deranged Pitt. Are it. I like that. Two of my favorite rappers I've ever well, known. Chris Kemp was on your Hurt Locker album, wasn't he? Chris Kemp was on A Beautiful Funeral. Oh. Uh, okay. uh, and so was Deranged Pitt. They were both on Anti Hero. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so th- those are my boys. Uh, those would be my recommendations. I think it's in a good space, though. Um, I, I really like. I really like the stuff that I've been hearing coming out of here. A lot of the dudes from like my era are still active and still putting out stuff. Uh, I think most of us, <laughs> if we haven't popped already, I think we're all getting pretty comfortable with just making shit that we like to make. Um, you know, there's always room for organic growth, and if I, and if something started happening, you know, you just you take it one step at a time. I just, you know, people, people. I mean, at least for me. Uh, right. I, I want to put music out that I want to hear, and then I really truly hope that everybody else wants to hear it too. <laughs> but first and foremost, I'm pleasing myself. Yeah, 
Well, that's, that's good. I think that's a good perspective to go into it. Yeah. Um, well, with that said, you you have quite a few projects coming up in this upcoming year, don't you? Uh, yes, if I can get out of my own way. It's oh, okay. 100%. Right. Um, well, uh, so A Tale of Two Towers is coming out imminent. I'm, I'm waiting on the final master back. I have the artwork um, that that is ready to go. I'm trying to think of a couple of uh, a couple of doable video concepts and try to get some stuff out for that. Um, but that is imminent. I would like to have that out by end of next month. Um, That's good to hear. And uh, and I'm working on a project with Ace Ha called Grown Man Shit. Um, that project is balls deep we've got a pretty incredible 10 tracks so far and i want to do a few more um but uh i think that project that project honestly if i still went by repent i would consider naming that project r.i.p too uh because it's got that that kind of vibe it, it reminds me a lot of old me um just stylistically i am a better rapper than back then, though. so the songwriting and the rapping to me is better by a lot. Um, and then uh, we're work, yeah, we're working on more EST twenty shit. Um, we have a project pretty much in the pipe that uh, we want to put out. Again, they they are probably irritated with me because I keep wanting to like. I keep wanting to like, I don't want anybody dropping anything on top of anybody else. But that also means that whoever's supposed to be dropping something has to actually fucking hurry up and drop something. Or else the other people are just sitting there like, uh, I'm about to put something fucking out. Fuck yeah. you. Right? And right now that person is me who's holding up the fucking show. So, um, yes, there are projects coming out this year. I've got more that I'm working on. I'm kind of in this, I'm kind of in this phase lately where I want to, I want to do each project with a single person. I want to work on projects with one producer at a time. And um, even if it doesn't necessarily have a concept, at least have a theme, a tone. Um, I've always I've always done projects with multiple producers. I've, I've only ever done uh, one project with, a, with, I think, I think just one project with a single producer that was a Midsummer's Day Drive with uh, Randy Ross. Uh, one of my other than that, I've always just like piece stuff together. I want a few beats from this guy because I fuck with him. I want a few beats from this guy because I fuck with him. I want a few beats from this guy because people fuck with him. Whoever fucks with him, you know. Um, and I started doing that when I started recording my own stuff. Other than the Aaron project, I didn't have a, I didn't have the same plan. I was going to just kind of piece stuff together. And the more I started piecing stuff together from the same kind of core set of producers, the more I was like, I mean, this is a project in itself. This can be a project. Ah. This doesn't need to. These are all the. I don't need to put out a twenty-song fucking album. I can do a ten-song album, a five-song EP, a thirteen-song album, and, and just keep it pushing like that and give myself some more content. So that's kind of been what I've been working. On. I also, I also notoriously take on too many things and expect myself to just be like, yeah, I'll just whiz bang pop this shit out of here, and. <laughs> You know, I'll have, by the next thing you know, I'll have a whole year's worth of content I can drop every week. And then, then that, that just doesn't end up happening. I just sit on stuff. I fucking nitpick. I fucking, per, I, I'm a perfectionist. I just want the song to be perfect. So I'm that guy. <laughs> Fair enough. 
Well, then, yeah, yeah. I, I bet they're all pissed at you. I want you to drop some shit. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. Um, but, you know, Tale of Two Towers. Come yeah. On. Well, I'm excited for that one. I love the Karate Kid song. The intro was Thank even you. dope with his little French accent in there. It was cool. Uh-huh. 90s kid. Yeah. With your Julio reference, it was perfect. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's a it's a fun it's a fun project. I've had a I've had a good time writing it. It does, you know, you you did you did make me realize that I've got more '90s references going on in that project than I actually had intended. It wasn't intended to be a '90s. Oh type really? Project. I totally thought. Yeah, that no, was- it was not. No, like even even I started thinking about it, and like even even Space Mountain. Like I had planned on changing that title. That was never going to be the title. That was what he called the beat. Yeah. And then we we made the song and I was like, I could not think of a name for that song that didn't sound generic. Cause like, you know, the I don't not that I think the hooks, the song sounds generic. It's just that like the hook is like, you know, riding in the car type shit. And I couldn't think of anything that was said in the hook that wouldn't be like that title just isn't space. I'm just gonna leave Space Mountain. Space Mountain yeah, space was my too. favorite fucking thing about childhood. I went on that fucking ride. For sure. I went on that ride like 15 times in the week we went to fucking get like oh, seriously, yeah. I would get off that ride and get back in line. My brother ducked out midway through the line because he got scared of the dark. And I was in third grade and I, I continued on and it was like just me and my dad and I fucking rode that shit and thought it was the coolest fucking thing. That's so 90s. It's so 90s. Yeah, that project is pretty fucking 90s. I went back there when I was in my 20s with some 90s Reebok pumps that were glow in the dark and I rode Space Mountain. And I blew some little kid's mind because my shoes were just glowing on the roller coaster. It was hilarious. Like everything else in there, you just yeah, you like everything like else in there. Ride. Yeah. But it was like one yeah, of my you, he was like, is that an anima? Is that an animatronic or is that an actual? Yeah. And then he saw me step um, on the ride. Ha- is that ride still there? No, I think they finally took it down. I think so. To put up some Darth Vader shit or Star Wars something or other. Maybe they just retrofitted it. Maybe it's like essentially the same ride, but they retrofitted it to be even more Star Wars than it already was. Because it had Star Wars shit in there. That would make my day. I'd be fine with that. Um, I do want to go back to Disneyland hella bad. I want to go to Galaxy's Edge really fucking sure. bad. Is that the Star Wars world? Yeah. It's the Star Wars world. It looks so fucking dope. I watched yeah, the whole like fucking night. I watched an hour and a half long uh, documentary. More, it was more like an extended. Commercial. They were really trying to sell that <laughs> shit, but um, but it worked. I was watching this. Thing, I was watching this thing like, oh my god, this place looked like everything my child wanted. Ever. <laughs> I know as I kids go. we're always like, what the fuck is? You have a Treasure Island ride, but no Star Wars ride. Like, what the fuck is this place? That's right. Well, they didn't. They didn't own Star Wars yet. They didn't oh, own Star Wars back then. Yeah, yeah. You know what sucks. What sucks is they bought Marvel, but they could not because Marvel kind of pieced out all of its licensing back in the 90s before it went, when it was about to go bankrupt. They kind of pieced out like they like they sold Sony Spider-Man, they sold Fox, right. X, you know, they pieced out their, their big mainstay characters. They kept their C and B list, which are now the A-listers because of, you know, what they've done. But they also pieced out theme park attractions, Paramount. Paramount owned all theme park rights to Marvel characters. So Disney cannot build a Marvel land. Oh my God. Well, Paramount should get on Marvel land and make this shit happen. They got Paramount Plus now. Man, man. That's why, I think that's why, Par- 
Paramount, uh, I think that's why Paramount's like, cool, get your characters back, man. We ain't giving up these fucking theme park rides, right? Yeah. That shit is a, that shit is such a fucking lucrative business, theme park, man. I mean, Ridiculous. I would go to somewhere that lets me dress up as Thor all day long and smash it with a hammer. Yeah. Right? Or, I'm saying. Guardians of the Galaxy ride? Fuck yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like fucking laser tag. <laughs> I think Disneyland did get a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. I think they did get something Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Oh, all right. I think they were able to weasel some things away. But overall, last time I heard, Paramount owned like the, the rights to Marvel theme park shit. Yeah. How do we get on that? Oh yeah, nineties shit. Yeah, nineties. Nineteen ninety-eight. Yeah. Tune in next episode for part two of our talk with Corey Tate called A Tale of Two Interviews. Be sure to check out Genre Neutral on all social platforms. <laughs> <laughs>